What's up, people? <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Gird is for Squares. I'm Vince. I'm Amy. And this is a podcast where we talk about building a sustainable off-the-grid homestead on 10 acres in California. And smoke a bowl. And smoke a bowl while we're doing it. So what are we smoking today? Just some orange sativa. Same thing we always smoke. <laughs> today, we have something a little different than usual. We have an interview our first interview with somebody outside of our household. We went up to our property with our schoolie friends, Mike and Amber, uh, last week because they were in the country. <laughs> so we thought it might be fun to interview Mike about their bus, why they bought it, what their process has been, all of that. Uh, but before we get into the interview, we should talk a little bit about what we've been up to and what else we got done up there, right? Yeah, yeah, we spent about a week on our property, or at least you did. So we got a few things done other than just talking to Mike about their bus. Mm -hmm. um, but our biggest news is that we bought our yurt. Yay. We purchased our yurt. Um, our last episode, we were talking about money and how we weren't sure if we could buy our yurt yet. Um, but we did our taxes and we got some money back. So we officially we pulled the trigger. We yeah. sent our $4,500 uh, down payment, our 50% down. Yeah, we've been talking about this for months now and saving for it for even longer. Yeah, I would say a year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I started talking about a year, maybe even while we were still looking for property. Certainly, yeah, seriously, so. since we got it. It was your first big project. Like, everybody yeah. wanted to do something big right away. I wanted the dog out. Mom wanted the greenhouse. You wanted the yurt mm -hmm. pretty much right out of the gate. Yeah. So what all, what all, we got the 16 foot yurt, uh, yeah. we finally decided on colors. Yeah, it was, I feel a little bad. I went back and forth with the company several times asking to see like different pictures and stuff, but it's a big decision, you know, you're mm -hmm. hopefully going to be looking at this thing for at least 10 or 20 years. And even if they could send you a color sample, which they did, they you did, know, they screens, sent us like a swatch. Yeah, yeah. Screens have different gamma, but like, even if they could send you a physical piece of fabric, you don't know how it's going to play play what it's going to look right, like in the when space. it's a big so you know we're kind of picky people but they were really helpful i think one of the most helpful ones was they just sent this picture of like a landscape in the background you know you could see the blue mountains in the background then they had this big like red shipping container and a blue van so you could really see what the hmm. green looked like with everything around and i think that's the green we went with sure right? for me it was more she finally sent a picture of just like a bunch of rolls of the yeah. fabric one next to each other because we knew we wanted green for the walls and we knew we wanted tan for the roof but there are several different shades of green to choose between and some of them are a little more army green which we weren't that into some of them are a little more like lime green which we weren't into so like making sure that the green was the right green for us yeah, was definitely did. something that made us really nervous it did help to see the three greens side by side once once we thought we knew um cuz it's it's just like you say we wanted kind of a bluish green and right. then there was the the lime green the kelly green uh -huh. forest green but I think um, the one that we chose is going to match the sink that I made, and it's going to match the greenhouse my pretty mom's well. Car, our standard uh, greener pastures paint color. Yes. Um, we're very much in theme here. I'm, yep. I'm pleased with our, our decision there. 
So yeah, we we went with the company Living Intent, like mm-hmm. we've mentioned before. In Grass Valley, kind of yeah, a couple hours California. north of where our property is. Yeah, sort yeah. of by Tahoe ish. Mm-hmm. So. Eight to ten weeks from now, we'll owe them the other 50%, and then we'll have a yurt. We can yeah. actually set it up on the, the platform that we built. I'm so excited. I'm stoked, too. That's going to be it's gonna be a whole other journey, just yeah. getting it to the property. Right. But, but yeah, it was anyway. a, a $10,000 trigger to pull, because now that we've done the 50%, we can't not do the other. So. Yeah, and we really got to follow through on all the other little things we need to do right. before we can put yeah. up the yurt. Yeah, the platform is mostly ready, although we do have to install a finished floor still. And a drip edge. But we worked more on the site, the area around it, because it's built into a hill. Um, but let's back up. So a couple weeks ago, Mike and Amber called and said they're in town, and would we like to go up north with them for a few days so they could work on their bus? Yeah, and since... I run it pretty loosey-goosey these days. I said yes right away. I'm yeah. stoked. I'm available. My mom's always excited to go up and, like, water stuff. Right. Well, Any chance none she of gets us have and... jobs right now, yeah. so well, it's kind of got, a good time to... You've got a number of hustles. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a super great time for me. I spent most of the couple days that I was up there just stressing about everything that I have to do, had to do down here. Um, but I definitely wanted to make an appearance because they're our friends and I miss them. There are no mask buddies. Yeah, like, they're the like only the only people you've seen in the past yeah, year. The only people whose, as you say, lower faces I've seen since the pandemic really began. I, we did spend a week with my parents in mm-hmm. Utah. Um, but other than that, and you guys, the two yeah. of you, like that, those are the only people that I ever see. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought it would be good for me to I'm just socialize came. for yeah. a couple days at mm-hmm. least and kind of break out of my 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 work hole my audio work hole yeah so you were just up there for three days we were up there for like 10 i think overall or maybe it was just a week it was a week seven days okay when we first arrived there was a tree that had fallen across the road like on our property but such that it was blocking us from accessing where we normally get to the clearing yeah couldn't drive any further luckily my mom Drove up a few hours earlier and noticed it and sent us pictures uh-huh. and then made sure the chainsaw was all ready so I could just like hit the ground running right. with that. Yeah, she cleaned up some of, of the smaller brush mm-hmm. and got the site prepped so that when we landed a couple hours later, yeah, you can just do a yeah. few quick chainsaw cuts and, mm-hmm. and clear it away. Yeah, just to get it out of the way and then we could drive through and, and get up to the, the greenhouse. Right, but it's indicative of, you know, sort of the wild factor that we talk about, you know, it's. It's not a, a hotel or even like an on-the-grid cabin, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's wild and things can happen. You don't want to roll up in the dark necessarily. Right. You want to have a few hours of daylight totally. to mitigate whatever happened when you were away and it went back to being wilderness. Right. Yeah, exactly. So while Mike and Amber worked on their bus, what did we get up to? Uh, a bunch more digging. Always more digging. I wanted to prioritize that the first few days since you were going to be there. Um, We're sort of starting to think about the area around the yurt now Mm -hmm. where we want to have a deck and not just like a wooden deck. Um, Also like some terraces with pavers, maybe using some of the natural slate around. Well, and I'm not exactly sure when we're going to be able to build a deck either because we kind of blue all not blue because that makes it sound like it wasn't worth it but <laughs> we spent most of our property money on the year yeah, so i don't know our quarterly budget on yeah the year. No. so i don't know when we're going to be able to afford enough lumber like this is not even 
talking about the time that it's going to take to like design and build it, mm-hmm. but even just monetarily, I don't know when we're going to be able to make a deck happen. So in the meantime, it was important to me that the dirt itself was pretty, was a good level pad so that we could yeah. still set up some chairs, maybe a table, get a, a fire pit going. Like it needs to be a functional hanging out space outside of the yurt. And the first step is always site prep anyway. So it's not like a wasted effort here. It really helped me to visualize, you know, how if our terraces are eight inches high, how many layers does that give us? So to to be able to just move the dirt around and like you say, have a level place to set a chair, build a fire pit, uh, work comfortably. Um, It looks really nice. So we got to work on that together. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and you made a you I, made a little homemade leveling flattening tool. Yeah, yeah. I was inspired by the crop circle tool. Um, I mean, it's just a like three foot long or it could be like four foot long piece of wood, like a two by four. Um, and you drill a hole through it on either side, on both sides, and then run a string through that. And then it's like a tamper. So I would just put my foot in the middle of the board. I had a string you know, connecting the two holes that I'd hold in my hand. So I also didn't have to bend over and I don't have to lift up a heavy tamper. It's just like lifting my foot and moving this little Mm -hmm. tamper around the ground. So that was fun. Helps you grade, helps you tamp. And if you threw it over a tree branch, you'd have a swing. Why, I guess you would. (laughs) That that did save my back. It helps to kind of move the dirt around too, so you don't Mm -hmm. have to be on your knees scraping it all about. You just kind of use your foot to drive it around. Yeah, I was sore for a few days after that. I I did a lot of digging. Yeah, I love digging. That's why I bought this property, to just have my own (laughs) property, where no one can give me a hard time about digging a huge hole. Digging a hole. (laughs) Yeah. So I did a lot of digging in the catchment too. Um, right because your catchment broke right yeah yeah had a bit of a washout i knew something like that would happen uh the slopes the slopes were just too steep um it was like a Uh one-to-one on the interior of the spillway and it was also like three feet high so it just washed out underneath the plastic so that was kind of my major project when we were up there getting rid of the extreme slopes and making the spillway a little bit shorter mm-hmm. and then recovering it with plastic and these vinyl scraps I had underneath should make it a little more sturdy but we'll see cool we're nearing the end of the rainy season we're not there yeah. yet but mm-hmm. there's probably another month of rain we had another good week right after we left right um, so hopefully we'll have a little bit of that left when we yeah. go up next your mom did a lot of gardening that week, right? Yes, my mom did a lot of gardening, as she usually does. Yes, as is her wont. Yeah. This time we got around to, mostly her, got around to uh, building these planter mm. boxes and amending some soil um, because those little bastards find everything. Uh couple things were chewed off when we got there that we didn't think they would want, like nasturtiums. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a desperate animal will eat anything, especially uh, something young. And unfortunately, she had planted this whole bed of, like, some cabbage and I can't remember what else was in there, basil maybe, uh, and just walked away for, like, 15 minutes. And when she came back, something had already come through and chewed them all to the ground wow it's very crestfallen no yeah it was it must have been like squirrel mating season or something because there were squirrels 
everywhere. Yeah. There were so many squirrels. I don't think I've ever seen that many squirrels up on our property before. When we drove into town to check our email at one point, and there were just... It was <laughs> near carnage. We didn't hit any, luckily. Uh, so that would wasn't true carnage. would have really bummed me yeah. out. But it was like, we must have swerved to avoid like 10 oh squirrels. God. It was crazy. Wild. Yeah, to everything there's a season up yeah. there. It's not tarantula season. Now it's squirrel season. <laughs> squirrel season. season. Yeah. Yeah, it's really true. Soon it'll be gorgeous flower season. We're just yeah. right at the beginning now where we've got um, our daffodils bloomed. They always bloom early. But that's going to be next month. April is yep. the, the month of insane blooms. Yeah. I mostly just wanted to be there this time around and not have a fixed agenda. Uh-huh. Um, the tree falling kind of forced... The need for firewood mm-hmm. um, and being cold always forces the need for firewood. Well, so. yeah, the fallen tree forced the supply for firewood and yeah, the cold forced yeah. the need. It was a good opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Just tried to be there for Mike and Amber and their dog if they needed yeah. any Yeah, oh yeah, they brought, they brought their, their dog, dog Lupo. And, he ran around yeah. and had a lot of fun. Dickens got to play with him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, without further ado, shall we get to the interview? Yeah, let's get to our interview with Mike. Um, the sound quality is a little wonky because we were recording in the greenhouse, which as like a sound design person, the idea of essentially recording in like a plastic box yeah. is just horrifying. But it's just it's one of the only places on the, our property right now where three people can like really hang out comfortably. And I figured that was more important than getting the perfect audio. It was a... Uh, it's an on-location report. But yeah, just for a little background before we get to the interview, um, I've known Mike a long time since undergrad. Longer than I've known you. Yeah. I guess 17 years now. Wow. Our friendship is almost an adult. <laughs> and he and his wife, Amber, bought a school bus a couple years ago. Um, and then when Mike got into a grad program in Ireland, both he and Amber are in theater. Um, and he does a lot of lighting design for theater and dance. Um, and so he got into a grad program in Ireland. And so they asked if they could park their bus on our land, on our 10 acres. Mm-hmm. Good arrangement for us. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been great, as we've mentioned before. And as we mentioned in this interview, it's it's really been a, a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. I think we did find a very like mutually beneficial arrangement whereby we get to use some of their cool bus stuff and they get a place to park their bus. Yeah. So without further ado, here is our interview with Mike. Hello. Today we are recording directly from our property. We are in our greenhouse right now. Um, And we have a special guest for the only second time ever. We have another person on the podcast. Um, And it is our friend Mike, who, along with his wife, have parked their schoolie on our property. Um, we all came up this week to work on it and to just hang out because it's been a little while since we've seen each other. Um, so say say hi to the good people, Mike. Hi to the good people, Mike. <laughs> so I just thought I would get a little bit. We talked about the schoolie on the show before, but more just in terms of how it has affected us and what we're doing here. Yeah. So I thought I would, you know, just ask a few questions about like. Because I don't think I even know some answers to some of these questions about, like, why a school? Yeah. What inspired why, you to why do you have a bus to go the bus route? Well, uh, that's that's a best question for my wife um, <laughs> because it was her idea. Oh. Uh, See, I'm learning stuff already. Yeah. <laughs> How long ago? When did this happen? It would have been, I think, it was around March of 20. 
It was 2016. Wow, five years. You've All been right. Hey, 2016 was when we got serious too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we started looking at government auction sites oh. and Ooh. keeping an eye. And there's a number of different government auction sites and various auction sites to find buses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I we found this bus in Maine for an inordinately low amount of money. It was a 2005 because we and it fit all our characteristics. We wanted one with the engine extended, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to a bus with a flat front. Right. Because they get um, really hot, right? But also, it's just much easier to work on. That that diesel engine that's out in front makes makes the conversion process easier. Okay. Because you don't have a bunch of engine that is then coming into the, the center of the bus. Sure. And it makes everything super accessible. Uh, and it was the right price. Uh, it cool. was, I want to say, $1,600 was what we found what? it for. Yeah. And it had been just in service with the school district, which also means that all its maintenance had been done. So it was like prime, cool. you know, I had to fly out last minute to Maine. Uh, um, I work in theater and I had a show coming up. And so I had like exactly enough time to fly to Maine, check out the bus in person, make sure we actually wanted to buy it, purchase it, get some temp plates. And then <laughs> that, which didn't actually work out. So I had to drive <laughs> it without plates um, from there to Chicago to oh pull into the lot of the theater that I was going to be working in and get out and start, <laughs> you know, doing 16-hour days. It was really lovely. Great way to learn to drive a 32-foot school bus God. Uh, by starting in Maine. And then the problem with normal uh, Google Maps is that it reroutes you, right? It assumes and, you're in a car. And it assumes you're in a yeah, car. there's no school bus setting. And there's no, like, avoid all highways. There's avoid tolls. But, right. Uh, so it ended up several times I'm driving my school bus and, and I'm so new to driving the school bus that I can't take my hands off the wheel, but I can see my phone. And I can see a, a Google saying, rerouting, rerouting. And I shout at it. And it <laughs> no! doesn't listen. And it doesn't listen. And then it reroutes me through the masses of the eastern seaboard like God. taking me by way of hartford connecticut and, and fucking Boston. rotaries or whatever they call them out there what do you do with a road roundabout when you're in a bus <laughs> i mean more it was the, the, the massive amounts of traffic uh-huh. Uh-huh. and kids trying to board the bus because it was still yellow well i i did realize that that is totally why they do make it illegal for one to keep one's bus yellow is because Kids are uh, gonna try to get on. You don't even have to have kids. Well, I, I had stopped by. I had a friend who also works in theater in in Chicago who had moved out there recently, and I was like, "I'm driving a bus past your home. <laughs> Do you want me to grab anything for you?" And he obviously had some things, so we'd stopped there, or we, I had stopped <laughs> there, and then I drove through a small town and I stopped at a stop sign, and kids tried to board my bus. <laughs> And they, like, made a little line outside. And I was like, oh, oh no, yep, no, this no, is no, definitely... No. <laughs> like, I was... I, I, I waved them off. Waving them yes, off. I drove away. Yeah. Yeah. Did not open the door. I was like, this is definitely why they make you paint your bus yeah. other colors. Because otherwise, children will just line up to get on the fucking bus. But at that point, it was still yellow, and it still had seats and everything in yes. it, too. Did you right. tear out all the seats, throw them away? Yes, we did. We kept a couple of the seats, a couple we are incorporating into our, like, dining room setup, mm-hmm. uh, and then one we turned into a, um, a, a creeper, 
the thing with wheels that you use to roll underneath. Right. Oh, and we that's threw what that some, is. Sick. Uh, wheels on one of them so that we had our bus seat creeper. And yeah, and that was an enormous process. We did that in Wisconsin, actually. Gutting. Um, doing the, the, the gutting and, well, doing the first part of the gutting. And that's the fun thing about school buses is that even though there's a, some great resources out there of people who have gone through this process, mm-hmm. you're almost guaranteed that they have never gone through the process with a school bus of year, make, model, right. and year. Right, yeah, it's mm-hmm. so specific. Um, so there's always challenges and, you know, what may be the perfect method for one school bus manufactured in a seemingly identical way is not necessarily what works for you. So that that's, was one of the, the biggest challenges, you know, and you're already constrained by this already manufactured thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, everybody's needs are different. What you're going right. to make of it is, is different. Right. Which, you know, is also part of the... The wonderful thing about the doing it ourselves and making it our own, but mm-hmm. yeah. So what was your what was your original vision for it? Like you tore out all the seats. What what came next? And I mean, like both. What did you envision? And then you started doing it, and you realized no, it needs to be this instead. We we got it mostly, and we took all the seats out. Um, we luckily had access to both to a farm that a friend of ours owns a farm. A few acres Some next land. to a farm. Yeah, enough uh, to park the bus. Who, who also has, you know, redneck sensibilities and doesn't mind, like, half-taking apart vehicles or, <laughs> you know, giant piles of bus seats. I am curious about that. What did you do with the bulk of the seats? Uh, there were a pair of brothers who uh, in run a fairly sketchy... Uh, scrap business of some kind in Albion, Wisconsin, and they... Uh, they were right next to our friend's farm, and with a little bit of dealing with them, of agreeing to give them some things that might I would have otherwise just sold for scrap. So that probably made it a little lighter, and then you, you drove yes. it out here? Well, and then we um, once we'd, we'd gotten it down to the bare floor, we'd polished it, sanded, and used a um, substance called core seal, which is a marine rust converter. And that was actually all Amber. She spent wow. two weeks on her hands and knees scrubbing and sanding the bus. I'd done all the removal, the seats, and the plywood on top of that and the rubber. Mm-hmm. And then she got it sparkling. We uh, bound up the holes and then um, laid on this layer of Coraseal, which acts both as a primer for paint and by- converts your rust into magnetite so it doesn't continue rusting any further within the metal and then we uh cut some bits of plywood to set over that threw those all in and packed our entire life up um because at that point you know the bus wasn't a place to live in and we were moving to california from the midwest so we drove down yeah what kind of mpg you get in that thing awful Awful. Oh, can't even do the math on um, it. Well, it's... it all depends on how loaded down it is and how the load is distributed. Uh, our best is we you can sometimes get around 12 uh, um, mile, uh, miles per gallon. But generally, it hangs out often between 8 to 10. Once everything's put in, once we've put all our undercarriage storage, all those pieces, probably 8's going to be the best we can out Okay. For. And you're still working on that. So you, you got it out to California with all your stuff. And then you started doing more with, like, the flooring and the ceiling, right? Well, we, we did, but we ran into a huge snag being, like, we ran it, we were out in California, and 
Whereas in the Midwest, we have tons of friends who have property or a space that for a while they wouldn't mind a bus parked on and then right. you can work on it while it's there. Uh, we had to put it in some place that we could rent in near San Diego. And almost everywhere that you can rent will not let you work on it there. Because I thought it was a, you know, oh yeah, you can't work on it, but... Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. But I, I think, you know, they probably run into occasions, we because we are in Southern California, you know, especially young people who find themselves a cheap school bus and are like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And cut a bunch of things up and take a bunch of things out and then just abandon it. Right. So it took almost two years for us to find a place that we could park the bus and work on it. And work on it at the same time. Um, Yeah. And then, yeah, then we started finishing out our floor, um, building a subfloor. You put a little insulation down on, like, the native floor or you just started with plywood? Um, We put a vapor seal down. Okay. Uh, We ended up using one by twos to provide a subfloor framing so that Mm -hmm. we could also fit in insulation, put in three quarter inch insulation, then top that all with three quarter inch treated plywood. Oh, so like furring strips on their side, on the flat side. I appreciate that as a tall guy. Yeah. Okay. You know, we're constantly playing the game of, because eventually right now it's still plywood. We are planning on putting a a flooring layer Mm -hmm but probably something like a click-together laminate. Yeah, but it's just all about raw laminate. Yeah. Right, which might just be so much easier, still look really nice, and we weigh thinner, because yeah. that's all, you know, we, we get the, our samples head, yeah. everywhere, and we'll put the samples, and I'll stand on them, and I'll be like, all right, do I hit my head? Because <laughs> that's also, uh, you know, one of the nice things, one of the things that we're particularly proud of that we've finished is the ceiling on the bus right yeah it's beautiful beautiful. the ceiling the windows and like i trade i trade the height the having to crouch for how like cushy and insulated it is Mm. well pretty and there's a cozy feel to it even when it was just the bear bus with all our stuff packed behind like random boards that i'd gotten for free you know nailed together blockade and our little bed there's enough space for everything well that's sort of brings me to like a more general question which is like why a bus you know what made you decide like we took the buying land route right we bought 10 Mm. acres of land what made your mind up about like a bus a bus is the right solution for us a couple of things again it it was my wife's idea but i immediately loved it Uh like there's a lot more character to a bus than an rv rvs especially an older cheaper rv just not as fun also Mm -hmm. they're intended you know, it's in the name, recreational vehicle. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not a house that's on wheels. They're a place to go and live in while you're camping on wheels. Right. The solidity of a bus I like. I also appreciate specifically school buses because they are designed to go anywhere. I grew up uh, very near Vince in rural Wisconsin, tiny little roads, like, oh, yeah. uh, like often gravel roads, those kind of things. Super the... hilly. <laughs> The cool thing about a bus, a school bus specifically, is that it is a vehicle designed to go pretty much everywhere humans live. Mm-hmm. If there's a road there, the bus can probably take it, right. um, which oh. is not the case for RVs. Uh, and they're also, you know, they're made with thinner fiberglass walls. We have a nice steel shell around us yeah. mm-hmm. and an engine that, that is a serious, even bought used, super well-maintained, serious diesel, diesel engine. Make- Usually made in America? Because, yeah, like 200,000 miles for an American vehicle is is definitely something to write home about. 
but that's like well, the standard for school buses. No, right? no, no. Like they they, they, they can go, yeah, half a million miles without blinking is the standard. It's 500,000. Wow. That's so cool. And you got the yeah, full I length. I can't believe how cheap that, like, that's crazy. Yeah. This is a full-size bus. Yes. What is that, 40 um, feet? Uh, yeah, it's a 77 passenger bus, which is usually the what they use to determine how big a bus is because they can vary and still have the same number of passengers. But it works out to... Uh, 32 feet from the back of the driver's seat to the back of the bus. So what all then, do you what all do you have in there? What all do you want to have in there, amenity-wise? You got a shitter? We do. We have a, uh, a composting toilet from a company called Nature's Head uh, that builds composting toilets designed originally for marine uses, right? Hence, head. Sure, yes. Okay. Uh, and, and we are going to have a shower. We've already got cool. a... Uh, our propane set up, uh, like propane heater set up for instant water heating. Stove with oven, two sinks, one like a small sink in the back with a separate water supply so that it will always work, totally mechanical. Ooh. A um, electric pump based sink that's also what runs the shower, that that's what's in our kitchen. Washing machine? Yes, we have, a, we have actually a combination washer and dryer that was a, that's an RV washer and dryer, hmm. much like our, our, our fridge and freezer, uh, it's made by a company called Dometic, and we got it, both of them super cheap. One was being resold, uh, the Dometic fridge, um, by somebody who was living in a van, wow. and but they needed to rebuild their transmission, so they needed to sell their they really fancy uh, mm-hmm. electric fridge and freezer. And then yeah. the washer and dryer we got from a, a, a fellow in Riverside County in the sort of middle of nowhere, who apparently just gets all the beat and battered models that come from trade shows. I didn't realize that the washer dryer, that it was a dryer as well. Is that also run off the propane tank? No, it's uh, all electric. Cool. Um, and they've, they've, they've got some amazing stuff that these RV companies have put together as far as really efficient electric devices. Yeah, yeah oh. so you got a couple sources of power. I mean two separate types of solar panels, right? Yes. Um, and that's actually, that's what I was doing this morning, yep. is finishing hooking up our roof-mounted uh, Renology Eclipse solar panels. Theoretically designed to pull more from, like, shady locations than a standard mm. solar panel. Cool. Um, and Renology is sort of, like, the go-to solar panel and solar RV setup. It was somewhat, a lot more people go actually a Renology route as opposed to something like a Goal Zero Yeti. Right. Um, Just more affordable, more scalable? It, 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 they're more purpose-built for RVs. It gets more complicated with the Yeti. You have to have a broader, and I feel, both interest and desire to learn about home electrics and RV mm-hmm. electrics mm-hmm. and things like that. That is what I love about the Yeti. So you're saying Renology kind of makes it a little more accessible? Yeah, the Goal Zero Yetis, if you're using it for exactly what it's intended, yeah, straightforward, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But And similarly for Renology, it's it's just purpose-built for RVs. But the Yeti gives us more flexibility. I feel it's a, it's technology is a little bit better. We so. certainly liked using it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really benefited us a lot. Yeah, that was sort, sort of our arrangement for, for yeah. letting... You know, you guys keep your bus on the property is like the use of of the Yeti alone and the solar panels has Mm -hmm. just really helped me to accomplish like my goal of sustainability here. Yeah. And it's a nice thing because like 
I don't know. Uh, I think of it in comparison to to rainbow gatherings and and how people, you know, a bunch of people go into a national forest and live without what you know is referred to as Babylon, right? The the, the capitalist matrix, the interaction of of things that makes up our late capitalist society. Um, but it's all fundamentally fueled by Babylon itself, right? right. Like. Yep. Yeah, you gotta bring in donate shit and all those things, and yes, they build their these beautiful, amazing, you know, pizza ovens out of just dirt and stone, and what's there? But all those ingredients, all the tools people come in with to do those things, have been built through lives in Babylon, which you know, uh, which is where we're at right now too. But at least we like recognize that and have our eye on the future for when we can be fully self sufficient, right? Mm -hmm. And well, and just like you know, using the Yeti and a solar panels is a is a step away from that. Yeah. It's like the power isn't all coming from having been plugged in to a wall. Some of it is coming from, you know, the sun in yeah. the place you are. Yeah. We um, need to import cement, but then we can just like add aggregate from on site. Yeah. 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 Catch water in our rain catchment. We shouldn't drink it, but we can catch enough water to keep our plants watered here. Mm-hmm. And to make yeah. some bricks with. But it yeah, definitely really takes the tools of the man to... Yeah, without your Milwaukee suite, we would not have done much of anything here. Right. But, you know, yeah. like, we know that. And it's just, we have those tools available to us, so why not use them while we can before the entire system collapses? Yeah. Right. We've got them now. It feels pretty Well, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, Everything you know, tanks. use the things... That and you know, take advantage of the like industrial infrastructure. I think this was also part of one of your questions about why the bus yeah, is yeah. like both my wife are in theater and we love travel and we really don't like the idea of being tied down to a specific place, right? And like that's the heavy thing about buying land, right? Yep, is it means like. This is where you are. We're yep. stuck here in the foothills of Yosemite. I mean, <laughs> this is beautiful. And, like, a spot like this, like... But it is very, yeah, I mean, grounding I in a you. literal way. Like, we're, we've Mine. set our our stakes in. Mm-hmm. We're growing roots, but you can go anywhere. That's so cool. Right. And But that's and kind can... of why it's cool that we can all do this together. It's like, yes. we cover all of our bases. Yeah, absolutely. And the bus is no good if you don't have a place to park it's it. True. Like, yeah. So, what's your situation right now? You want to talk a little bit about like the future of the life? bus and you're living in Ireland right now? Yes. And... Um. Yeah. And I go back to Ireland in uh, a couple of weeks here, and I'm finishing working in grad school there. It's hard to say, right? Because I feel like we live in <laughs> we live in the most indeterminate of times, especially because yes. uh, both my wife and I work in live entertainment yeah. um rough time to be little, in theater this pandemic a, yeah a little bit of a lull yeah. right now yeah. in live theater uh, live theater and dance which um is also you know a big part of my career mm-hmm. and you're into lighting yes uh lighting designer primarily for live theater and dance and uh you know it's not happening right, right. and lighting design particularly is very it, like lighting design for the eye versus lighting design for the camera are some different fields. I'm definitely learning a lot mm-hmm. more about it now because you yeah. have to. Yep. But these approximations just don't cut it. You can't do it by Zoom. You can't like it's just not the same. <laughs> you definitely can't work on your bus by Zoom. I'm, um, I'm sure it must be hard like knowing it's here and wanting to work on it, but being in like an entirely different country. But it'll, oh, I mean, yeah. it'll be here when you're ready. Yeah, and then figure out when we're going to finish her. Um, 
because she is so close. Uh-huh. And we have all the bits. But yeah, uh, that's the adventure, I yep, guess. Yeah. Uh, We're all just rolling as we yeah. as we best can. Who do you know who knows? Like six months ago, it seemed like Ireland would be the best place to be in to be able to work quickly. Mm-hmm. To actually see a return of live performance because they had a handle on the pandemic. Now it doesn't look as good for anyone in the EU because their difficulty getting the vaccine vaccine drive to the same place. And their, you know, willingness to sensibly wait a little bit longer and make sure all the data is in right, and right. that these are the best ways to take care of it. But yeah, uh, who knows where we're going to be. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, we'll take the best care of her that we can. Yes. Her name, by the way, is Persephone. Persephone. Yeah, did mention that. <laughs> and whenever, whenever you're ready to finish her off, yeah. <laughs> she'll be here for you. Well, and it's also been wonderful, like spending this time, like hanging out with you guys. And yeah, these are the only two that we see outside of our household ever. <laughs> yeah, right. These are our masks off pandemic buddies. Yeah. Now. And we came straight. I because I'd come from Ireland. We did 14 days of quarantine. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, came up here to see these two. And and there's a nice division of space with having the boss. like it, And 10 acres. Right, and yeah. 10 acres. Also. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love hanging out with you. But, like, you've got, you know, your whole scene down by the bus. You're working on that. We're over by the yurt. Yeah. Leveling some shit. Come back together at mealtimes to smoke a bowl and eat some food and hang out. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, you guys want to grab some lunch? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks for being on the show, Mike. We really appreciate yeah, it. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was cool. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Greatest for Squares. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Um, I hope it was interesting to hear more about buying a schoolie and that process, because it's certainly different in a lot of ways from what we're doing on our property. Um, yeah, it's nice to hear how somebody else is approaching it differently. I think they see the same uh, they have the same motivation right. in this Seeing world. Right, seeing the same problems, have, but coming up with different solutions. Yeah, having an adult plan for your future, <laughs> yeah. um, but not traditional, yeah. uh, since we can't really trust the the traditional way of life right. in this modern world. So yeah, really cool to hear their perspective. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, stay safe out there and have a great rest of your week. Love you. Bye. Bye. Where?